the Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast, a return for the pod to the world of public houses. <laughs> uh, myself, Matthew and my brother are here with you recording this, this evening. It's a Thursday night and we are enjoying a couple of pints of Guinness uh, outside outside a pub, which is um, a bit like a bit like going back to Palace, a bit more like normality for the pod. I feel like, I said to you this earlier, the, the pub's, pod's come full circle and the pod has come home. You know, Albeit we haven't dated this pub before, but it feels like a natural habitat for the pod and I'm, I'm very pleased to be sitting here with you bruv having a few beers and uh, yeah let's talk palace let's do it lots to talk about lots to talk about obviously since we've uh, last recorded the podcast we've had Roy Hodgson's last game of Crystal Palace manager uh, a defeat for Palace um, away at Anfield uh, against Liverpool we've also had quite a bit of speculation in the media uh, with regards to the new managerial uh, position and, and who may, may take that up so lots to talk about there as well um, and we thought also we'd have a look back at the, at the season that's just gone uh, maybe makes a few reflections on on what we've seen what we've experienced and maybe also we have an experience as well because that obviously plays part of the story right um, and I think also you've got a little special uh, surprise as well we've got a little quiz at the end bro I don't know if it's a special surprise because it is ripped straight from the official palace website so you know it might get cut who knows but <laughs> so starting off for the Liverpool game so it was a it was a 2-0 two, two defeat it was Roy's last game uh, as always covered by the by the telly Sky Sports but Roy's was last... Was it Liverpool TV, bruv? Wasn't it? I thought it was well, Liverpool TV, wasn't it? Well, it, yeah, it felt a little bit like that, didn't it? I mean, it was Roy's last game, but it didn't get a lot of a lot of coverage. I think it might have got a few a few minutes mentioned before the um, the, the game started, uh, and then maybe 30 seconds at the end. But it was very much about being back at Anfield and, and the fans and that, which, you know, fair play. You know, we, we had that just a few days before at Selhurst and absolutely celebrated being back. Um, and they had 10,000, didn't they, at Anfield yeah. as well, which for 10,000 um, Liverpool fans, must have been very special to, to be back in the ground. Um, I'm not sure it really added much to the game, though. I mean, that it was a, it was a by the first sort of 15 minutes, it was a little bit of a flat game, right? What I would say is perhaps it added to the the atmosphere in a negative way for Liverpool. So added in the nerves, I felt, and especially you felt that in the first 10, 15 minutes of the game that Palace were, were sort of in the ascendancy. Really, you know, I thought we were the better team, and and the fact that fans were back in and Liverpool needed to win or needed a point. Actually, I don't know. They might have been able to lose the game and still. I can't remember how the results played out. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, nobody cares. Um, I, it, it, it kind of worked in our favour, I think, and and there was um, some early pressure from Palace. I think Wilf had a chance where he probably should have cut back and perhaps he was thinking of the headlines and his summer move. Now he's got his new agent, Andros Townsend, obviously through on goal, should have done better, arguably, you know, um, just past the post. Very, I mean, it was spine margins, wasn't it? But it, it was a close effort. But then it seemed that Liverpool heeded the warning a little bit and, and thought, right, OK, we need to step up into the next gear that we know they can do in, you know, with the quality they've got. And then it wasn't really much of a contest for this game, let's be honest. It was a pretty easy, comfortable win for Liverpool in the end. I think perhaps they got a little bit lucky with their first goal, but after that, you know, it, we never really threatened. I don't think, I can't remember another, another shot we had, but if I'm honest. And it, it was, you know, Liverpool, you know, comfortably doing what they need to do to get Champions League football. Well, they, they, had, they had 19 shots, just look at the stats, to our five. Uh, five of their score on target to four of ours. So we're, we're if nothing but... Um, 
relatively uh, well, yeah, did plenty of way, did it be? But but yeah, I mean, it it wasn't it wasn't a great game for well, from anyone's perspective, really, wasn't it? It kind of just played out the narrative that everyone expected to, which was a relatively comfortable Liverpool win. No, no real surprises in in terms of that either. I mean, I don't think any of us, Kev included, predicted anything anything different. And um, what did you think about the lineup? Because you know, we, we'll talk uh, in a minute about you know what may or may not be over the summer, but there definitely will be some um, changes in the playing squad. And I think a number of those who who, who started on the weekend could actually be no longer there so you know obviously we know that Ward uh, Cahill uh, McCarthy uh, Andros are out of contract over the summer so there's four at least and you mentioned Will whether or not he does or he doesn't move on uh, always topic of debate for this pod and, and, and many others I'm sure but yeah I mean it could be a very different Palace side couldn't it come the, the, the start of the, the, the new season yeah in answer to your original question I was disappointed personally to not see Mateta come in I felt that we've Tekka's out, and I think it's just a, it was a niggle with his, a kit, with his, with his ankle. I think, he, obviously, they weren't going to risk him for the Euros. You know, that's that's his most important uh, target at the moment. So it made sense for me to, to swap, not like for like. I guess in, in terms of a big man, obviously, I'm not going to say that Mates is obviously as good as Christian Benteke. We don't know that yet. We haven't seen enough of him to, uh, to form that opinion. But that feels like to flip, fit into the system that we've been playing. That would have been the, the obvious choice for me. So a few raised eyebrows, perhaps, that you had that sort of are you playing up front you know, I think he played wide, wide left or wide white didn't he a little bit I think him and Andros might have swapped a couple of times McCarthy and uh, good to see Czech coming back into midfield and in those first minutes you know showed what he could do in terms of driving the ball forward we always talk about that um, I'm not going to go over the reader world thing again because I've, I've done that to death but yeah uh, there weren't any surprises I guess in the in the, in the lineup that Roy went with tried and tested and but had had we taken one of our chances in the first 10-15 we'd be praising that right just you, you mentioned Mateta do you think he's got a future at Palace because he's had a, what is it not, not even half a season right signed sign in January wasn't it um, and has had, had had a few opportunities uh, what two starts I might be uh, wrong there but Leeds um, and Brighton I, I can remember yeah and scored scored obviously in the in the Brighton one the very very nice finish but apart from that I can't remember him doing much so, so I mean, for what I've taken from other podcasts I listen to, and, and you know, reliable Palace sources like Don Firefield, he he's, he said that um, you know, Mateta's agent was very well aware of this season he was going to get limited playing time, and it was all about him adapting to the speed of the Premier League training as well as Premier League football. So obviously, he's not had so many minutes on the pitch, but we say this so much, don't we? We're not privy to what happens on the training ground, so. Who knows what's happening there? He might be having an absolute mare week in, week out. You know, he might be, you know, not scoring or, or just really behind the pace or or not fit or who knows. You know, it's very different to Bundesliga and, and, and League One that he's played before. Sorry, I can't do League One with a French French accent. Maybe you can do that for me, bruv. No. Okay. There's, um, there's also something though in and uh, maybe you're going with this in something how in how Roy um, brought brought through Eze and, and brought in Eze and, and you know did it over a period of time did it in in, in in a controlled and composed manner and maybe, maybe to your point maybe that's the plan with Mateta it was to give him because because up front you're very isolated right in the, in the way that Palace play the sort of the the one up front with the one just off or sometimes two yeah. you know you are very isolated and you know it's, it's going to be a bit of a lonely battle for him on his own up there and maybe this season was about you know, just bringing him through, giving him a bit of game time here and there, but giving, the, giving him the chance to run from next season. Exactly, exactly. That, that was, that was to me, my point that that was the understanding of the agent. It was limited playing time. Next season was his chance to push on and his chance, opportunity to really impress. Now, 
that that's all got all the hallmarks of you know the director of football obviously as he should be in this situation uh, telling the agent uh, telling the agent and, and the player that story and then buying into that uh, um, and I know there are a few raised eyebrows in one of Mateta's first interview when he signed on loan for Crystal Palace um, obviously with a view to a permanent deal that not that he saw Palace as a stepping stone but obviously wanted to further himself and you know I don't really have too much of a problem with that because it obviously shows he's got ambition and, and wants to push himself and look this this face it the only team that's going to do well out of that deal is, is Crystal Palace if he, if he you know manages to become a, uh, a Premier League uh, forward and is then worth 30 40 million pounds to Crystal Palace you know if, if, if he if he does well like he, like people are hoping he does so look, I haven't got a problem with that but yeah frustrating that we're not seeing him interesting substitutions and Martin Kelly I think that might have been one for the heartstrings and you know given the chance to in his last game for Crystal Palace perhaps um, go Anfield as well Anfield yeah, yeah get, get an applause which he did it was nice to see him get a, a good reception yeah. at Anfield PBA I didn't really understand that perhaps that was just his last hurrah um, but look the game kind of meant nothing, didn't it, really? It kind of petered out pretty quickly, didn't it? And, and yeah, it was it was one of those ones where end of season, kind of, you know, you just look back at it and just, just you're glad you didn't make the trip all the way to Anfield to go to it, right? Well, could you imagine if 500 fans would have been up there? Uh, well, maybe it might have made a difference in that 15 right. minutes, made a bit of noise and would have made themselves heard, Palace fans, but look, it's all if spots are buts and maybes, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, so, so move, moving on from that then and, and looking ahead to next season obviously we, we touched on it a minute ago there, there's going to be some change in the playing squad in the personnel uh, obviously the manager or the head coach or whatever we sort of decide to, to, to call it or whatever the role is indeed uh, will, be, will be key in that but there is going to be um, relatively significant upheaval for Palace's standards or for anyone's standards in fact um, if, if, if we look at the list of people who are out of contract and you know we don't know if this is the, the true list or not but we've got I'll read, I'll read through them we can talk about them in turn maybe Cahill um, both James McCarthy and James McArthur Hennessy Sacco uh, Benteke PVA uh, Henderson Andrews Townsend Dan Kelly Klein Joel Wald Connor Wickham Jeff Schlupp and Sam Woods I think Schlupp he's been done but yeah I think that's the only one out there that might be wrong so so good because he'd be one that you know I'd immediately tick off the list I'd want to, re- to, to re-sign G- give me your take on those that you would you would sign, re-sign. Let's start the re-signs to begin with. I, I don't know, but I, look, it's there's a lot. We've said this before. It's a big, big summer for Palace, so there's there's a risk-averse side of me which says it's almost too much of a risk to have too many players leaving and a new manager. So it either has to be one or the other for me. So I would be in the in the camp of keeping the majority of those players, bar. Sacco, um, obviously Tekas might get a deal elsewhere given the fact that he's playing the, the best form he's, he's played in since well, his first season where he scored 17 goals for Crystal Palace. Sorry, you've taken the, taken the list away from me, bruv, now. So I'm, I'm struggling to... I'm ordering you another beer. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah, I'll, I'll, well, I'll take that. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll do some filler then. That's what I'll do. Uh, so some of the other ga- names that you mentioned. Uh, James McCarthy, I think all the, all the signs um, from the agent leaking stories to the press is that he wants to, to go perhaps to Celtic and... and have an opportunity to be a starter week in week out there if he performs obviously Jimmy Mack's an interesting one because he's someone who's doing his co- doing his coaching badges who you can hear on the pitch and you can hear even shouting from the, the stands when he's you know unfortunately injured in the last sort of a few weeks of the season as well so there's something around the thinking around keeping you know your Andros Townsend and your Jimmy Max, not just what can, what they can contribute on the pitch but also in the training ground and there's again there's something to do with the consistency and, and 
the least upheaval possible in terms of having that that voice and that steady sort of uh, leadership I think in the senior senior players so I think you do need to keep some of them like that uh, so James MacArthur right he's 33 but his legs are showing no signs of giving up right I don't, I don't believe that for me he's a bang on you give him at least another year he's a solid squad player isn't he because he's, he's no, I think he's a starter I, I, would, I would play I don't, think, I don't think he's got legs to be a starter anyway. you say, you say I, I think that his injuries that he's been showing in the last few years um, and the fact that he sometimes does tire a little bit and, and fall out of games and look I'm not, I'm not going to deny when he's in games and when he's on it he runs it and so, okay so on that out of that three who started against Liverpool Coyote McCarthy and Riederworld who would you who would you you're saying you wouldn't play McCarthy sorry MacArthur over those three I'd say I wouldn't play Riederwald I think the two Jimmy Max worked really well early in the season I think it was was it start of the season so September yeah, October you, you, so you play him over Riederwald you'd also play with McCarthy surely I wouldn't play with 11 men bruv yeah, no, no. <laughs> what, what, I'm, what I'm saying what I'm saying is if you look at the options that we had on the weekend yeah, and the starting three in that midfield I'd say James, I mean yes. I love I love Czech Kaito but I'd much rather see him at centre back and would I'd, you? I, yeah, yeah I would so I mean look, we can come into Palace player of the season later on because I think Czech's in for a shout there as well that's an interesting one I, I always prefer Czech in, in the middle and I've said this before is because his ability to grip, get the ball from the centre backs and drive it forward I mean people think of Czech as a bit of a defensive uh, midfield but actually I think he's one of the more, most more progressive players in terms of moving ball through the midfield up there with people like Jeffrey Schlupp obviously I don't think Czech's got the pace but how many times do you see Czech on the edge of someone's box and you know he's there because he's taken the ball from the halfway line to, the, to that area yeah, I, I I don't disagree with that. I, I just think that he could bring it out from the back using that that yeah. that strength that he's got. I, I, I personally think, yeah, just back to the point. I think Jimmy Max worth an, at least another year. And as you say, if he is doing coaches badges and he is absolutely vocal, and you know, maybe a couple of years ago he'd been a Palace captain. You know, he's he's, he's that on it, isn't he, in terms of the influence on the game? Yeah. You mentioned James McCarthy. You know, I would re-sign him if the options there, but you know, if, if he wants to move on, fair play. What about Gaza C, Gary Cahill? Again, for that consistency in terms of Palace, look, Palace need arguably that one of the biggest areas. I mean, not everywhere we need to improve in the summer, but arguably one of the biggest areas that we do need to see an improvement. I think we will is at centre back because I don't think we've got a centre back who's under 30 years old. Maybe check, maybe checks in his late 20s, maybe. Um, don't know if you got it there. Go I on, bro. Check, I can check it in a minute. You can, can you can check it in a minute. That was very good. You very can check good. it. But I think that's where you need to be bringing through players like we've been linked with, like this better Kotchap um, and others. So yeah, check checks thirty one, is he? Okay. So yeah, I think that's where you do perhaps lack a bit of pace, uh, and you need someone who's not only going to be aerially dominant, but also someone who can who can drive the ball forward as well and play that sort of ball play in the centre back that the game's going in the Premier League game's going in this. this All right. This. So so Gaza sees another year. Yeah. James McArthur, I think we agreed another year. Yeah. Uh, James McCarthy, yes, if he wants to stay otherwise. I don't think he will. Though. This is dangerous, by the way. Fifteen minutes in, and we're on to our second fight in Guinness. So Ooh. here we go. Uh, Hennessy. No, let's move on. Brutal. Hang on. Hang on. To be, to be fair. Roy did come out and say in, in I think it was in the pre-match uh, Liverpool press conference how much of a, a good squad player Hennessy's been in terms of you know never moaning um, you know always doing his bit in training being a great person in terms of being around the team and in, in terms of bringing young players through and look, now we've got Jack Butland in and, and I think you know I'm, I'm a big fan of Jack's always was when he was in England and at Stoke uh, and I hope that you know I think one day he might he may sort of be Palace's number one actually. Um, 
the conversation there is about who comes in to be your number three if Henderson goes as well. That'll be an interesting whether you bring a kid in or, or something like that. Now's the opportunity so, to do that, isn't so, it? So, with the greatest respect, that's where I was going with it. Okay. The, the, in that we have uh, Vince, we have um, uh, Jack Button, as you mentioned. I, I don't think you need another, you know, I don't think you need a Wayne Hennessy. I don't think you need a Henderson. Well, Henderson may be because wages of Hennessy is going to be much more significant, isn't it? Yeah. But I just, I just think it's time for him to move on. What about, what about Sacco? <sighs> I think someone on Twitter somewhere I saw did a, a calculation of his um, minutes per transfer fee or whatever he cost Palace and I, I hate to think what it is in your wages as well but I think for, for him and Palace a natural time has come to part look let's not get it wrong when he first joined the club he was fantastic he, he was probably arguably the best centre back we'd that seen that lone stint that lone stint he was amazing outstanding and, and, and give him props for that but since then unfortunately for the, for the money that he's been earning um, I don't think you can justify paying a player that and, and he want one, one more big contract and I don't think Palace is going to give it to him I think he can go somewhere else and get that one more big well, contract he's 31 right so he can get a couple, two, a two year deal yeah. for example somewhere big yeah I mean there is something about just, just, just on, on Sacco because when he was on loan he was a world beater. He was brilliant. And there was also the, the, the there seemed to be a, a desire and grip from him to make a contribution. You look at it now and you do wonder, was it to get a deal? Was it to get a move? Because I'd I, 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 I hope it wasn't, but he's a, he he was a different player back then to what he was when we signed him. Personally. The Marco Wright syndrome, I think you're, you're relating <laughs> to, Matthew, which our, our uh, Palace fans of a, an older age might, listen, might uh, be aware of. But no... <laughs> Maybe to an extent, but also I think we did see fl- flashes of that brilliance once he did become a permanent signing and he was brought in as the key man. Again, there's the director of football signings and not Frank De Boer's, I think, um, which probably which probably sealed De Boer's fate in, in, in that sense that he was brought in, you know, clearly with no relation to, to the manager. Um, and we'll come on to talk about that a bit later on because that'll be an interesting conversation to get into. Um, but, but yeah, I think we did see flashes of it, but again, not enough to justify another year or two for me. And Not, uh, not on the wages he's going to be on. It's t- time for us to say goodbye, and thank you for Sacco, but um, time right. to go. Another big wage earner we are led to believe, Ben Teckers. 30 years old, are you re-signing? Definitely, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm signing. Look, Christian Ben Teckers scored 10, 10 goals this season, I think. I think it might be eight Premier League goals, seven Premier League goals, but 10 goals in total. I might be getting that wrong. Don't know, anyway. Someone could have the stats on that, couldn't they? Um, where's Kev when you need him? <laughs> Don't try and find it, you have a nightmare. I think, look, in his current form, yes, there's the argument there to be had about is he playing for a contract or whatever, but I think that we've said for so long he contributes so much to the team, not just in scoring goals, but in bringing others into play. There's also the argument about, okay, then why would you sign Mateta that's an obvious replacement for Christian Benteke? But there's, there's, there's something to be said for having him playing alongside and learning along Christian in, in training and, and you know, having that, 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 that role model to look up to. I am, I, I'm led to understood that he's been a good person around the club in terms of taking wage cuts, so Palace's highest earners, i.e. Wilfred Zahar, can, can earn more as well, so you've got to appreciate that to an extent as well. Um, and he's done a lot for the community in terms of, you know, he's always in, involved in the Palace for Life stuff, and I think he's not... Mr. Crystal Palace because that's Wilf isn't it but he, he's he's got that um, bit about him where you're proud to have Christian Benteke representing you as a club and, and other people may snark at that but I, I think that Palace fans have shown Benteke's a lot of uh, patience and I think a lot, a lot of love there I think I think, and, and I think there's there's almost a bit to, um, to almost to want to repay that I think from Christian so I'd definitely sign up for another year if not two yeah with you 100% I, I think for him 
he obviously had his thundering first season. Look at that, thundering. God, the terms are coming out tonight. It's the Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> where, um, see, this is what being in the pub doing a pod does for you. Um, where I think, you know, he had the, had the, the balls coming in left, right and centre from Balassi and Wilf. And that made a an Andros, yeah, not forgetting. And that made a, a massive opportunity or sense of, uh, a series of opportunities for him, and he was putting them away, right? Then we had the what was it, two and a bit years or so, where there was just the confidence completely lacking. Clearly, had the significant knee injury, and then also then since then the last year or so, it's been very sort of stop start, hasn't it? There's been this sending off that he got against the uh, West Ham. Wasn't the job, was it? Let's be no, honest. no. But but there's been, been there's been things where he just got going. And there's been something stopped him. There's been a sending off or an injury, and it's been very, very sort of bit part for him. We've seen him get a run of games in the last sort of what eight or so games or whatever it's been. Might be more than that. I don't know. I'm, but not, I'm not sure if you heard that. Guys. I was just telling them it, in one hour at ten we close the outside and it'll be tables inside. Okay. So just let me know if you need one inside. Okay. And you're now in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. There. On the pod. On the pod. Gazer. So it's been very sort of stop-start for, for Christian. And, and I think, you know, like you, you were kind of alluding to, we've seen a run of games from now where he has been contributing. Uh, he's been getting goals. But he's also, he, like you say, he contributes his all-round game. He's, 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 the way that Palace play is fantastic. Now, whether the new manager will agree with that, coming in the way he wants to play, will be different. Well, that's another conversation we'll come on to later. But has it just been the last few games? I think it's been all season, to be fair. Because, I mean, he scored a couple, was it at West Brom? earlier and I think he's got a couple earlier in the season as well so I think he's been good all season in terms of I think at the start of the season there was the whole sort of um, coming back to fitness from, from the injury and, and the back end of last year but last season I should say sorry but I think he's been been, been contributing throughout the season even though he you know perhaps his scoring um you know record has been better than the latter part of this season there's, there's no denying that and look there's undoubtedly going to be targets from him set on making himself it's not going to be number one Belgian striker because Lukaku's got that in the, in the what the 22 goals I think he scored for Inter Milan this season or something like that. It might even be 27. That might be the beer. Who knows? Um, but I, he, he's certainly pushing for second place because him, Tekas, I mean, um Lukaku, and Batshuayi are going to be Belgium's front, and he's he's definitely number two in, in position there. So. That's in his mind, but also I'd like to think that, yeah, what we spoke about earlier, the love from that he's got from the Palace fans has certainly um, had a bit of an impact on him um, and that he's repaying that faith that, that not only Palace fans, but also Roy Hodgson has, has paid, him in, paid in him as well. So, next player, Matthew. Well, no, just on the Benteke, on the, on the goal situation. So, he had a run of games where he got a goal a game. So, Sheffield United, Southampton, Villa and Arsenal, he scored in every single game there. Which, which is interesting to look at because I didn't realise he scored in, in a run of games like that. His other goals came Chelsea, a little bit before that, uh, Spurs, Brighton, and, and yeah, then going back to, to West Ham and two against West Brom. We'll come back to the Brighton goal later. So, so if you look at it, he's got, he's got, he's got sort of a couple of go- got three goals, then he, then he, then he, then he got injured, uh, and then there was a series of sort of on the bench starts. And then it wasn't until the end of the season he started getting a, a sort of run of goals, but he'd been playing consistently since then. But I think what we're saying is his contribution warrants a new contract so let's let's move on from from him yep. um, next one is PVA from what we've seen of Tyrant Mitchell this year and, and it's easy to forget that we've not seen a lot of him actually you know we've seen what sky cameras and what streams and what dodgy streams and uh, and BT has, has been able to show us we've not seen him in the flesh I mean what I did see from Arsenal 
it was quite a timid start that, that was buoyed by you know him making a, a strong tackle uh, and really getting that reaction from the fans I think in, in the first half uh, and him responding well to that so uh, look, he's, there's no doubt in my mind that Tyrek's the, the Crystal Palace's left back he's ready um, to come through and be that isn't he definitely so there's, there's a conversation around who do you get in behind Tyrek now um, whether you bring someone in younger or, or perhaps a, an older head as well who's willing to, to not play as regularly because um, you certainly do need another person at left back there now that you know Nathan Ferguson might be ruled out a little bit longer so it, it's an interesting one but for me PVA again wages um, sometimes his lack of defensive awareness that has frustrated all of us I think Look, it's the modern the modern fullback game, and perhaps I'm I'm I'm, I'm a bit old fashioned. The thing with him is right. I, I, it's really really interesting. My exper- experience as a fan of PVA, and I, I've loved PVA in the what's it four years he's been at Palace. Um, he's he, what he brings to you know from the, the going forward um, sort of attacking um, uh, dynamic of Palace is amazing. You know, us on the counter attack, and the fact we have wing back wing backs who get involved and get us forward as well. He's a massive part. He scored a number of really important goals for yeah, us, yeah. right? I mean, do you remember uh, the most recent one I can think of is the Man United goal, uh, Old yeah. Trafford. Um, there's, there's been others, obviously, no doubt. But for, for, for me, when I think about him, I think about that. But actually, the reason I was really impressed with him, I remember first seeing him in the flesh, the, the, the first recollection Sunday. I have, and it, there may be a game before we've seen him, but I remember Palace at home against Sunderland, and he was against Wilf, and he was the first player that I'd seen who nullified Wilf. Like he had him in his back pocket, and, and that that show, and, he, and he, it was it was consistent for the ninety. When Palace then signed him, I was over the moon. I was so happy. But actually, what we saw was a very very different um, player because actually it wasn't about the defensive abilities. It's more about the the counter attack, the going forward. Really really interesting considering. As an opposition fan, that's what we saw. But that maybe that was the game plan that night, and he did it well. Could have been, but also it's the speed as well that we saw. That, that, that's what we see going forward, and that's what's been so effective for Crystal Palace going forward. Really, now I don't want to take away from his defensive attributes because I think he, at times he has been good defensively in terms of like you, you'd, you'd be confident in sticking him against a, a quick winger, wouldn't you? You, you? you know that he keep up with him. It's then it's whether his positioning and. Look, the best we've seen of PVA is the end of the seasons where Palace yeah. have let loose a little bit and he's been able to get forward and make a real impact on the game by he's scoring given goals. That sort of free reign and he can get forward. Exactly, right? yeah. exactly. So, look, from a left-back, we're old-fashioned and probably want a defensive left-back, so I think the time has come and it looked like from what the Arsenal game where he was waving goodbye, that, that that's the end for Patrick Van Arnott at Crystal Palace. And thank you very much for your service, but um, on to the next. Right, let's let's talk about a series of uh, players at the back then. Let's, let's, let's talk about Henderson. Stephen Henderson? We kind of covered a little bit earlier. I, I, I assume that Palace will be bringing a youngster now, which I actually think they probably will do, um, given that you've got the experience of Jack Butland there as, as a backup to, to, to VG. So, yeah, I'd imagine that a, a youngster will come in, or you get someone who's in Twilight the career who's happy to, to sit in favour for a choice. You know, look what Scott Carson's done at Man City, look what Rob Green did, you know, at Chelsea, and albeit we're not at that, that sort of size a club. You can. There are a number of Premier League uh, capped keepers, Premier League experienced keepers who who are around there who could could, could do that job easily. So um, yeah, Stephen Henderson, uh, I think, is another one that will move on. So let's talk about uh, then, then the defenders, the, def- the group of defenders. We've got Scott Dan, Martin Kelly, uh, Nathaniel Klein, uh, and Joel Wall. On oh, Sam Woods as well. Not forgetting Sam Woods. So let's talk about those. Let's, let's do them quick fire. 
Uh, well, you can ask me, in fact, this time around. Scott Dan, sign or not, yep, give another year. I think he still has a lot to offer. I think there's, there's a reason that Roy's played him at centre-back uh, for, uh, well, quite a bit of the season, actually. Um, so, yeah, I've re-signed him for, for another year. Martin Kelly, so I would sign him, but I think he wants to move on. Um, I think he will decide that he's, he's done his time down south and he'll probably look for a move back up north. I would have thought of his family. Um, if I had the option to sign him, I would. Steady, consistent. There's, there's something in... But there's something in me. Why isn't Roy using this year? I mean, yeah, it's another discussion. Uh, Klein, um, no, I wouldn't. Um, I think I would instead sign Joel Ward. Um, I think Ward, he still has um, uh, many, many years in him at Palace. I think he's got at least sort of three or four years. Obviously, won't give him that. But I think a couple of years will definitely be on the, on the table for Ward. Uh, and then Sam Woods, I've not seen nothing to judge. Something says to me that maybe he hasn't made the mark, the fact that he hasn't come through and, and, and got enough, um, enough starts for Palace. That means they won't um, offer another contract. But that, yeah, that, that's my lack of, of knowledge in that position. Go on, your take? For me, Scotty D, if you're keeping Kale, you can't keep Scott down as well. I think you keep one or the other. So for me, if you keep Kale, which I would prefer to keep Kale over, over Dan, I would keep Kale. So to Dan, I think, yeah, yeah, I'd, um, I'd agree with that. let go. Kelly, look, like you say, we've alluded to, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. There's, there clearly has to be something. Maybe it's fitness, maybe it's um, niggling injuries, maybe it's, you know, perhaps he's not been informed. Who knows? But... I don't expect him. I think he. I've said this before. I think he can go to a newly promoted Premier League club and become a first starting uh, centre back for him now. I think he, he's very well uh, prepared for that. Nathaniel Klein. I'd always expected him to go if I'm yeah. honest, after his short stint with the club. Uh, I think the, not he used the club as a stepping stone, but he used the club to show what he could do. Which, which I, th- I think he's been very good in what he has done. Um, unfortunately for him, he obviously will be able to stay fit. Um, do we think he will move to like a championship team or push in to get up or maybe like a Norwich or someone who's just come actually not Norwich or someone that's just come up I, I, I think he'd kind of be doing a disservice but I, I think he could fit into a, a, a top top half Premier League squad I really do I think keep him fit I, th- I think he's that good I do I, I really rate Nathaniel Klein I think he's a very good player he's only 30 as well you exactly. know we'll forget that don't we he's got some years back and Joel Ward for me look Tremendous server for me. One of one of the players of the season, if I'm honest. Um, and look, if nothing else, if you can keep Paddy McCarthy on for, for God knows how many years, when when you know Steve did, you've got to hope that that emotional side is also there with with Joel Ward. And look, he deserves his testimonial. He's been a fantastic servant to the club and an excellent season. I yeah. feel has been brilliant when a lot of people have written him off. I think he's, he's come back and showed showed a lot of people wrong. And for me, yeah. He's, he's, he's certainly deserved a new contract Mr Consistency Joel will definitely and he offers so much defensively and going forward as well doesn't he um, ok so that's the back line done um, yeah and then just a couple of um, sort of more attacking players to talk about so Schlappi you think the deal's done there in that case let's move I, on I, I can remember there being something in that some sort of announcement saying Schlappi I might be wrong bro. it might be the Guinness talking but yeah but if not Palace should definitely be signed oh, him so that's definitely down. done Andros Yes, simply for his work rate alone. He might even have a situation where if Palace do want to completely change direction as a, a playing style here, you can play Andrus Townsend as a wing-back. Because yep. he can do that defensive duties very well. Yep. Yep. So I, I think there's a lot of merit in terms of, of, of offering him a new deal and, and having him as part of the mainstay that, that, that sees this transitional period over at Crystal Palace. I'd, I'd agree, actually. I think, I think also we think of him as a lot older than maybe he is because he, he's been around and played for so many clubs in, in his career. He's 29, isn't he? He's so, a lone baby, wasn't he? Yeah. And, and, and you know he started off um, quite young, being in sort of in the in the limelight, if you like. So you know I, th- I think he still has a lot to offer. I, I would definitely to resign him. I think the the media sort of attention and, and I think you shared something with me the other day about 
you know, it, it was interview on Talksport, was it, where he was talking about whether or not he, you know, he might be interested in a move abroad, and that that does say something, right? You know, there's there's South Norwood versus uh, <laughs> you know sunnier climate, so that might be an option for him to consider. I mean, this is the thing we're talking about. All these players, as in Palace, just like have the the basis to to start to re-sign them. Um, the, the, the players may decide it's not for them, particularly if on a lifestyle change or, or whatever it may be there. So, yeah, we might see some of that there as well. And, and if the rumours are true that he's been offered, you know, deals from Turkey and, and, and teams that are in the Champions League qualifying rounds and things like that, that would be attractive, wouldn't it? If yeah. you're thinking like for him as well, would it be his last big contract? Maybe. Yeah. You know, what is he? 31, 32. Is he? Townsend, 29. 29, sorry. So, so no, yeah, I, thought, I said people would say he's older than they. There he you is. go. There you go. That's that's proof of the pudding, mate. So yeah, I think he's got. Well, one or two more contracts in him but there is that that option for him as well um, part of me thinks that he will stay in England simply because he's got that media career clearly lined up yes, true, I yeah. think when he, when he leaves um, when he leaves Palace and, and retires from football so I think that makes sense but for me for his work rate alone um, for the way that we saw him coach Aaron Wan-Bissaka yeah. um, for, for, for the hope that we we, we hope that we we'll see him do that to Nathan Ferguson as well and, 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 and coach other players the younger players that will be in and around the squad undoubtedly next season um, I think he's a shoe in for a contract and let's just hope that uh, the deal the, the deal is right for him and that he can stay yep it's very good agree with that and then the last on the list if everyone is still awake as I fall asleep with us is Connor Wickham because there's a long old list here <laughs> what are we saying so I, I fully expect us to say goodbye to Connor I think you know he, he had he had a couple of good years at Palace when he first signed scored some fantastic goals you know given some great memories uh but yeah, there's been unfortunately a couple of years at least, isn't there, of, of injuries, loans out to get him back to full fitness that, to be fair, haven't really paid off because he hasn't come back into contention at all, has he? I'm, I'm gutted, if I'm honest, because he's the one player that, again, like PVL, was really excited when we brought him in, 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 in that period. Obviously, we brought him in the summer before, didn't we? And he talked, uh, and he, he and Glenn Murray talked about how much they enjoy playing with each other before Glenn left for Bournemouth. Um, and learning off each other and, and he is Adam Sells says this quite a lot in, in FYP podcast that if you were to build a striker you'd want him to look like Conor Wickham yeah he's big he's got movement powerful yeah. you know he had that burst of pace when, when, he, when, his, when his legs weren't given up and his knees weren't given out and, and look there was a time where he was getting a run of games and was scoring and I think there was that that goal one of my favourite all time Palace away goals in the Premier League away at West Brom uh, that he absolutely oh, yeah, hit an absolute belter um, and that was when he was in one of those those, those runs of form where he was playing uh, I think like three or four games in a row which is really uncommon for Conor Wickham um, but he's just been plagued by injuries it's, it's such a shame because I think that he, if he'd stayed fit he could have made a real impact on Crystal Palace and look Let's not forget his impact that he has had. You know, scored in the FA Cup semi-final for Crystal Palace. That towering header um, that we're, we're always remember him sort of knee sliding into the corner and everyone going absolutely radio rental. It was it was it was fantastic. So with the loans to people like Sheffield Wednesday and and not be able to keep his fitness there, it is a real shame because you, you'd hope that he, he he'd use that opportunity to kick on and show Palace what they were missing, but. It's never really worked out, has it? Who else did he go on loan to? Because I've just just a quick Google search. I can only find great picture of Martin Kelly. I, I don't, that's, ja, that's James <laughs> Tonkin. Oh, James Tonkin's we should, beard. I think we should put that up alongside the Guinness. James Tonkin's <laughs> out of the beard. That's a he brilliant looks like picture. 12. He looks like Martin Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great picture um, compared to the picture of the beard. Yeah. Um, oh, big up James Tonkin's great player. Luckily, he's one of the ones we aren't talking about re-signing because he's a he's a top-notch centre back. Um, look, that that's the list. It's a very long list. Um, 
it gives it gives Palace a real dilemma. It also gives an opportunity, right, with a, with a change of, um, of of managerial slash coaching staff to, to change things up and to, to to freshen things. It does also pose us a bit of a challenge in that, like we're saying, players have got to go out. We need players to come back in to because we you know we're not. We're not sort of uh, luxurious in having multiple players uh, ready to come in and play at this position, so they will need to be replaced. So it does create a, a sort of dynamic, a dilemma, but again, yeah, an opportunity on the positive side of things. We're going to have a break there. We'll be back with you for part two, and I think another Guinness for us. Up the Palace. Welcome back to part two of the Six Pointer Podcast. Still in the pub, <laughs> still in the pub garden, enjoying a few Guinnesses. Loving uh, it, mate. Loving life at the moment. <laughs> Guinness is flowing, and uh, we're enjoying it, aren't we? We are absolutely. I hope you are too, listening crew. Uh, second part, we're going to talk, uh, finish off last season, and then talk about uh, what's to come. So, look, let's wrap up on uh, season 2021. What it was for Palace, obviously a very different season. Uh, than maybe any of us ever expected to have with regards to the um, ability to go to games and, and otherwise. And obviously, a lucky lucky few managed to get to the game at home to Tottenham. Uh, and then we were in the lucky group that got to get to the game against Arsenal at home. Uh, so a really, really special thing to to do as well. But we, we watched most of the season from home. Go on then, player of the season for you. There's some contenders here, because I'm, I'm not just going to give you one name, am I? No, you wouldn't. Exactly. There's Czech, I think, who, who's done an outstanding job at centre-back and look, a lot's been made of it not being this natural position albeit he captains his country there for their uh, centre back but it's a, it's a different beast obviously to do it in the Premier League so checks I think is a good shout Joel Ward I mentioned earlier I thought has been outstanding this has really proved a lot of people wrong this season people who wrote him off and people who felt that when Nathaniel Klein signed for the club that this was the end of Joel Ward injuries to Nathaniel Klein has played a, played a, a massive part of this but also Joel's determination to prove that he can still cut it in the Premier League and he's done that very well I think and, and undoubtedly we talked about earlier deserves another contract um, I think he's up there Vicente Guaita given how porous our defence has been this season He's definitely up there for me as well. And we mentioned him earlier, the big man, Christian Benteke. Not, actually, sorry, someone we haven't mentioned already as well, but I'm sure we'll come on to, is Wilfred Zahar. Scored 11 Premier League goals, you know, for Chris Palace. When was the last time a player scored 11 Premier League goals? Why are we not talking about Wilf then as the outstanding contender then for, for goal of the season? That was a mosquito. Um, you got him, by the way, you got him. Did I get it? Yes. Is it plastered <laughs> to my forehead? <laughs> I got him, that's the main I think almost because we've become a little bit immune to what Wilf can do, we're so used to him being putting in fantastic displays that we, when he when he puts in that average display, we think it's below par. It's he's, he's, he's set the bar that high. He really has. So for me, there's something around you know him being up there and and look, it may be the last season we've seen him in a Chris Paddish shirt. You know we've said that for the last two three seasons. Obviously the new agent. You know, is obviously engineered to even get him a better deal or get him a move. So, interesting how that one's going to play out. But there's a few there, brother. I've given you names. So, if you had to narrow those names down, I've given you about five names, haven't I? Narrowing them down to two for me. Go on. Check Kaita and Joe Ward. That was easy. But, but because because Joe Ward, as we said earlier, Mr. Consistent, you know, proved so many people wrong. Uh, obviously, had the competition of Nathaniel Klein, who's obviously been away and, and played for Liverpool consistently for a couple of years. Um, and his injuries as well. Too, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think he, he I definitely deserves a shout. But I think Czech Kaite pips it for me because he played the whole season at centre-back, because he was so, so consistent, because he kept people who are natural, permanent defenders, for want a better term, out of the team 
and the likes of Martin Kelly, you know, Scott Dan wasn't getting above him. You know, Czech Kaito was the centre back. Yeah. yeah, and we talked about you know how 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 lucky we were to have Sacco, to have Cahill, to have Martin Kelly. You know, the list goes on. So the fact that Czech Kaito hasn't played for Palace before at centre back, I think he might have filled in once or twice, and it was a big thing. It was oh, what's he doing? He's filling in. Um, but yeah, him for for that playing. You know, for us, in what is not not his natural position. I know he plays for his country in that position, but that isn't week in week out. There is a different dynamic there. So quality football. And what? And yeah, and what a signing! Mm. Ten million pound they paid for him. Yeah. yeah. Madness to think they paid that. If, we, if West Ham want to keep sending yeah. us their cast off, then if they're like anything like Czech and Tompkins, then yes, please yeah. keep them coming. Yeah. So I, I give it to give it to Chick for what it's worth, Chicky, as Mark Bright calls him. Um, goal of season. Again, there's been a few contenders here, notably Eze's free kicks. There's a goal against uh, Sheffield United. Both goals against Sheffield United, I think, are in reverse shout because he, he took the ball from halfway line of both chances. For me, though, I can't look past Tekkers at Brighton. For, for pure, I mean, notable shout out for Jean Philippe Mateta's uh, back heel and double nutmeg. But Tekkers, the technique, the, the timing, the execution of that shot. And also, obviously, the, the emotion of it as well, being absolutely hammered all game uh, and being able to have two shots on target and, and that second shot from Tekkers going, I can't look past Tekkers at Brighton for me. That, that's got to be goal of the season. So I'm, I'm with you for the way we won it. I do wonder if the West Brom away goal was better. Technically? Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm with that one. I'm with you I'm with you for, for the Brighton away, for what it meant. Southampton the, away, there needs to be in the show. If, you, if you're counting West Brom yeah. away, Southampton away, that, that needs to be up there. But look, look at, look, again, like we said earlier about signing people, re-signing people. Look at Benteke, we're talking about his goals. Um, there is a Wilf, I always think about the Wilf, um, the Chelsea one, but you tell me that's last season. I always think about that one. What was the Wilf one this season at home from outside the box? Who was that one against? That 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 one as well for me. I'm again, terrible. I can't remember which one it was, but... It was a, there was a Wilf goal again from there outside the box this season that, that was a, another blinding goal. But yeah, I'm 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 going to say Benteke West Brom. You're going to say Benteke Brighton. So well done. Well it's done, Christian Chris. anyway. Yeah, it's Christian. What about so we, you know Palace obviously do Young Player of the Year. Is it is it you know game set match for Tyre Mitchell? I don't know what the cutoff is, Yazoo, uh, for your uh, for, for your, uh, your Young Player of the Season there. So. <laughs> It's either going to be the Tyrick or Eze, isn't it? I think, to be fair. So for me, it's got to be Tyrick. I, I think he's come in and look. Let's not forget he's not played a number of games in front of fans. Obviously, which is going to be a different beast and a different um, situation for him to play next season. Hopefully, in front of a full house, twenty-six thousand at Sirs. Come on. But for me, I can't see any others but but Tyrick. Am I honest, you? Well, I think you're right. Eze does need a shout, and we have talked consistently in this podcast throughout the season about how he was brought into the team. Hats off to Roy. Another managerial success for Roy in, in how he brought him through. Yeah. And, and you know, we, we saw him coming in for big money. I think a lot of people thought he was going to come in straight away. Roy decided that wasn't the right thing to do for many reasons. Um, and, that you know, he was going to come in gradually. I think that was the right call. And I think, look at the player we've got now. I, you know, feel for him if, if the injury is bad, as they say it is. But the player we have now, the player that finished a couple of games ago versus what we, what we started with at the start of the season, he's, he is a, a first name on the team sheet now. He wasn't when he first came in. 
No, definitely. And, and credit, again, credit to Roy in terms of the way he blooded him because I think he introduced him slowly and there was some frustration from Palace fans on social media and message boards. And to, well, it's the only way we know and he'll hear frustration this year, isn't it? So so we have to take it into account in terms of the way that he used him. But I think he's used him in the right way because there's no doubt a steep, steep learning curve from, from Championship to Premier League football. And Eze has, has climbed that. Look, we paid, what, 16, raising up to 20. If he was to sell Eze now, if he weren't injured... I mean, look, you've almost doubled that, I think, yeah, to be yeah. fair. So, well, look, look, look how, how much they wax lyrical about him on Sky Sports and others. He's the one that stands out for them. They don't talk about Wilf anymore. They don't. And, and, that, and that's also credit to, to the way that Palace play as well, because like you said earlier in the season, bruv, when Eze plays, the team, the t- opposition team have got another player to worry about. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's, it's not having Balassi back, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. So, so you're not doubling up on Wilf because you can't, because you've got to put another man on Eze as well. So you've got that factor. And look, this hope that he comes back in 2022... Stronger than ever, yeah. And just continuing on in that 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 form that he had this season, and we have not been critical of of Eze on this podcast, but we've been very aware that he is young. He's going to have games where he's brilliant, games where he's not in the game, and that's what's happened. That's what we've seen from this. Luckily for, for Eze, we've seen more fantastic parts than, than anomalous parts, but there has been a bit of both. Um, but that's, that's a scary bit, though, isn't it? The fact that even though he's had those games where he hasn't, you know, contributed as much as you expect from a big, a big money signing, and let's face it, he wasn't actually that much of a big money signing in the scheme of things. In Palace's scheme of things, he is. Yeah. But you know, in the scheme of things, if you look at Premier League signings, he's, he's, he's not, is he? But having said that, you know, it's I think it's it's important to say that he has now become a first team player, and I think that's you know credit to, to the way Roy's brought him in because it it's 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 done wonders for for him and for Palace and for the player we have to to work from from here. So that that that's this season. Looking ahead to next season, we've talked about what may change, what might not change. There is there are strong rumours in the press that our next manager or head coach. He's coming, right? Head coach being the operative word there, bruv. Um, definitely, if we're going to go down this director of football route, it will be a head coach. And, and the the signings that Palace have made in terms of, sort of Mateta coming in recently lead you to think that, that we aren't deviating from that path. So the it's quite interesting in terms of Palace's appointments that we've made in the past in terms of manager versus head coach, isn't it? So... Holloway, I'd say, was a manager. Yeah, I'd say, rather than a head of coach. Who was after Holloway? Uh, Pulis came in, who I think was a manager rather than a head of coach. Um, then um, Warnock was our manager rather than a head of coach, even though he was short-term. Pardew was a manager rather than a head coach. So when did, Dougie, when did Dougie come in? Dougie came in the summer before Frank, didn't he, I think? Or was he before that? A little bit before that, I think. So that's the interesting dynamic change, Was he isn't it? Ian Moody there as well, man? Let's not forget that. So he was there kind of doing a little bit of that role as well. Yeah. So Palace have been trying to go down this director of football route for a while. So and I understand the methods of it because statistically and historically, managers don't have long-term futures in the game. A, a Premier League manager, I think the average shelf life for a Premier League manager is about 18 months to two years. So it makes sense to, makes sense to have, a, have a, a situation and a, and a foundation that you have something consistent there for, for the football club. So having a, a director of football makes sense. But boy, oh boy, does that put pressure on the director of football now. A man that we haven't heard a lot from, who we'll hear a lot from now in the upcoming documentary she's coming out. Do you think? So I do, I do wonder I do. If, if he actually likes the... the, the, the Lesser, it seems to like less of the limelight, right? Even the manager, even when he was the manager of Palace, he didn't like seem to. No, he's, he's never really, you know, he's always sort of been adored by the fans and he, he always welcomed that. Well, there, are, there gone, are a fraction of fans who will never forgive him for the Bolton thing. Yeah, but, but, but thinking about playing days and then when he was the manager, 
adored by Palace, but kind of you know said said what you need to say, but never really sort of overstepped it like like Pardew did when he came in. He was very sort of pro fans, wasn't he? No, and Dougie's managed that very 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 well, I think, from a professional perspective. So there is something there about you know he likes the the less of the limelight. Um, and, and it will be interesting to see what the, the documentary shows and whether he kind of is more in the limelight or not. Let me pause for a second there and actually appreciate that Crystal Palace, entering the ninth season in the Premier League, I've got a, a documentary out on Amazon Prime in about, what, a week? Well, it's a thing we, we thought we'd never see, right? Unbelievable. Is it, was it, we never thought we'd see a documentary, but we never thought we'd see Palace in this position. It's mad to think that we've been so lucky to have... And this is we are lucky to have our team from South London from around the corner a team that we you know me and you walked to from your flat to go and see the team that we followed for as long as we can remember playing in sort of what they say is the best league in the world it's, it's amazing it's an amazing achievement and you know we can't ever overlook that because it has to be remembered it has to be you know yes we shouldn't look and think oh you know that's it we're done you know sort of you know mid-table mediocrity is okay but actually having give, given what many of us experienced over the years of Palace and the ups and downs and the yo-yo clubs we were called and you know the lot of the, the sort of the well, the, the not so positive things about sporting, sporting football club that we've had to go through administrations and the like having this boredom period I would take every day every day for, 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 for a period of time perspective bruv it's what we always say in the pod and my my and your perspective from even before my flat from 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 you know going to from, from Beckenham and, and getting the, the the bus to to Penge and then walking from Penge over Gatas Bridge and walking down South Norwood High Street and having those memories of going to Palace in the younger years I, I I think we have that perspective there may be and there is a large amount of large amount or some of our fan base that only knows Palace as a Premier League club or only knows Palace as, as a, so therefore the their expectation and and therefore their 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 thoughts about where palace should be directing is is different and obviously we need to take that into account but yeah, obviously course. for us look this is fantastic palace are in the premier league and, and and you know for me palace's main palace's main goal every season has to be survival and then what but isn't that everyone's in the premier league everyone but the top 6 probably yeah yeah of course of course and but, Everton. yeah well yes and no I do think there is something about survival of the fittest, if you like, in that league, and then everyone else. Yeah, those above kind of push on for the league. Maybe, maybe a small number of them, but yeah, survival of the fittest or survival of the oldest? Because Palace are the oldest Premier League squad, Premier League squad this season, and that we finished what 14th was it? I think it was uh, on 41 points. I want to say. I think it's 40 on 40, 45 points. 45 points. Palace finished 14th on 44 points. 44. Oh, yeah, I was close. Anyway, that wasn't bad for, for four Guinnesses, was it? So, yeah, look, for Palace to have that, fantastic. The problem I think we're now going to have is that with, with the, the change in manager and, and Nuno Espirito Santos being linked quite heavily in the last sort of couple of days, given it may just be the fact that he's just become the latest manager available, so people are lumping on him. Yeah, it may be that. It may be that you know he is actually there is some truth in in, in Palace thinking that he's going to head, going to be the head coach that that is going to work with the club and work with the the foundation in terms of the way that we're running the club, um, and is bought into that or someone who can buy into that, that 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 way of working. I mean, how would you feel, bruv? I'll put this on you right now with Nuno being a manager. I mean. I don't know how much you know, but I obviously remember him vaguely from his time as a goalkeeper um, when he was playing days. I always felt he was quite fortunate as a manager 
you know obviously you having a, being well backed at Wolves and having a, a super agent as it were um, working with him at Wolves he's not going to be afforded that if he needs to become manager at Crystal Palace how would you feel about that 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 signing uh, signing that appointment if well, it were to happen the, 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 the world of football today is a signing isn't well, yeah, it the, ma- yeah, yeah. the manager head coach is a signing for, for, for that for context Sean Dyche will cost Crystal Palace 4.5 million pounds so uh, if Palace appoint Nuno as the new manager brilliant you'd be happy I'll be, I'll be over the moon I think it'll be a fantastic appointment I think he has brought Wolves up into the Premier League he has stabilised them they are a club that no one I don't think anyone ever talks about relegation for them um, yes of course they're in that mix of the clubs we talked about earlier who are obviously you know trying to get to the, the magic 40 points or whatever it is these days but yeah I, I would be really excited I'm not going to lie I, I never thought he would be an option for a second um, if I look at the others that are listed the Lampards the, the Sean Dyches the Eddie Howes I would like Sean Dyche but it's more because it's what we have already um, in, the, in the sort of the thinking about you know, stability structure you know grit and I think he would work well at Palace I really do but if you said I could have no no I'd bite hand off I, that'd be a brilliant position for Palace to be in so, so the spanner I've thrown into the works there is that Again, that caveat that he's, or preface that he's been heavily backed at Wolves, but he's not likely to be that backed at Palace. They're going to have to, aren't they? They're going to have to back him in some shape or form because we we ran through the players earlier who are going to potentially move. We talked about people who we'd like to sign, who might decide not to. We talked about people whose you know time might be up. There's going to be a significant change at Palace this year, and and for someone coming in who has to bring players in. It's, it, you know, why, why, why not him? Well, well, this is where you're going to see the proof in the pudding, isn't it, this summer at Palace? Because with David Blitzer leaving, um, was it Apollo uh, last week, I think, and he put a, a message out on LinkedIn and a, a few other places as well. He, he mentioned all the other sporting uh, clubs that he was, meant, he was involved in. Didn't want to mention Crystal Palace. So that makes you wonder around the Americans' investment in Crystal Palace and how much investment they will have this summer. It could be, you know, I mean, touch wood that this isn't the situation but it could be that this is a situation where the Americans don't want to put any money in the summer Palace are having to do things on a shoestring and then you bring in a young manager where you're not you're not you're not investing in the summer um, you're losing a lot of players your, your squad is going down um, in terms of uh, in terms of numbers um, so you've got a very very small squad to work with and that's the, almost the worst case scenario isn't it we t- we've talked about this before though hasn't it we talked about this season being this season coming up being potential a potential relegation battle it really is yeah and I think if we're sensible how we do it and we invest in the right way and I'm not, I'm not talking about you know throwing millions and millions of minutes I don't know you had uh, I need to look back after this well you know yeah, well, Jimenez when, was about 20 million in the championship alone but 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 you know is that is that wildly away from where Palace need to be talking at the minute because you know you think about it with the types of changes we're going to need and we need people who can compete at Premier League level now, whether it's a scouting network that he has, that Palace has, they're going to need to bring people in, and and there's going to have to be some sea change in, you know, in in the policy that has been so far, which has been very sort of bit part, bring them in here and there. They're going to have to make a number of signings this year. How they do it, like you say, is down to the investment they're willing to commit. So that's going to be where the proof is in the pudding, isn't it? And, and how much involvement or interest that the Americans have in in the club, um, because. Previously, we've only seen them really invest when when the Premier League status was in real threat. But is that, is that now? Is that now with uh, with the manager change? It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. With with the number of players that are leaving, I think because it's not just about. 
quantity, it's about quality as well, isn't it? You know, we talked about Andros Townsend, Scott Dan, James McArthur, this goes on of people who are first team Premier League players, you know, you don't replace them for pittance. Now, I think Palace also, Paris is also smart, right, and that this is the Covid dynamic also adds to it. And where the re-signing players now becomes more of a negotiation because the world is less less rich want a better term and therefore people will have to make compromises similarly also our transfer fees and signing on fees and the wages of those coming in going to be different as well probably it's going to be harder to get moves to it's just the, the, the world isn't isn't the same at the minute as as we're used to it being so you know those factors may be things that parish and others are thinking about that, that form part of the, the approach difficult to say isn't it not being the inside clubs aren't going to be flush with cash I think is one thing we can say with certainty so it's it's going to be interesting to see Palace's direction in, in, in this summer whether they're going to take the cream of the championship in which case you're going to be competing with look like I did last summer Ben Ramas and, 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 and the uh, Ollie Watkins and, and the ones that went for 20 and 30 million so it's, it's still not it's still not pennies is it it's, it's talking we're still talking a big investment from the owners if you're going to even take the cream of the championship but it's an opportunity isn't it it's an opportunity to, to do it properly and I think it'll be interesting also to see how they use the the, the youth mm-hmm. in the in the setup and, and whether or not we can bring some of those. You know, you and me went with with um, with my little girl on uh, on Monday night to the Palace game and saw you know some of the quality that is available to us. You know, there are at least three or four of those players who can come in and with time can be can be Premier League players. So there is there is an opportunity as well for Palace in that respect. Time bringing up to work because we know yeah. with kids we've seen it as a although he's not a kid I appreciate but with young players, younger players, it's put them in rat bracket, they do need time to adapt to Premier League football, they do need time to adapt to, to Premier League training and also time to adapt to the manager because some managers will be throw less scores into the window and throw throw uh, players on um, with, with less experience. So it's gonna be interesting that's for sure in terms of the playing squad in terms of how they um, how they integrate uh, these youngsters into the squad because I do think maybe not next year but in the next two or three years you're going to start to see the fruits of the under 18s and under 23s coming through into the first team and that'll be good yeah because like like you and I saw the other night there is definitely an ambition and a drive from those players to come through um, and, and I think you know they will be at the forefront of the next item which is the quiz I don't think they will, bruv. Seamless. Seamless. But what I mean is, they seem to be really loving the fact they were part of Palace. You know, I, I think I saw in one of the videos, you sent me a few, a few videos every night. One of the videos, the lad had a, a Palace case on his phone. Oh, really? Free from the club shop? No, no, no. <laughs> but you do wonder, are they Palace fans? You know, are they lads that have a connection to the club? So... Look, let, let's hope so, and let's hope Palace can also make 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 the use of the opportunity to bring some of those players in, right? Part three, we will be returning to you, or with you, or for you, with another pint, with a quiz, with <laughs> a quiz. Keep it tuned. Welcome to part three of the Six Pointer Podcast. As we said earlier, back in the pub, we're now inside because for some reason at 10 o'clock they bring us inside. We're worried about our, our, our safety, mate, and the fact that we're only wearing shorts, I think. Fair enough. Fair enough. We're very low internet. We're very low internet tonight. Um, so look, so look, final part of the, uh, of the pod is, is a quiz. Uh, and credit to CPFC for, for bringing this out today. We're, we're using it as part of the, uh, the pod fun. 
Uh, hope you can all join in at home. Hope you'll enjoy it. Luke is going to take over the hosting. I've got no idea what the questions are, so you can see how bad I am tonight. Is it is it current or historic? Don't know is the answer. Oh, okay, I'm honest. Uh, don't know. I've, I've not put much effort into this, so uh, this is probably going to be uh, reflective in how how it goes. It might even be cut. So here we go. Here we go. But go on, bruv. Top goal scorers for Crystal Palace this year. Uh, I'll give you a clue. These are the goals scored. 11, 10, 4, 2, 2 and 2. Name me those six. Zaha. Yep. Benteke. Yep. Eze. Yep. Schluck. He's in there. Go on. Who else you scored two goals for Crystal Palace? There's two other players that scored two goals for Crystal Palace. Luca. Nope. One I think you'll be surprised by. Check. Lone player. Batshuayi. Yep, Michi Batshuayi scored two goals and the other one is a midfielder. Oh, I know it now that much. Readable? Yes, correct. That's all That's all six. Fantastic. There we go. All right, we're getting a bit harder. I had a bit, had a bit of help there. We're getting a bit harder. No, you didn't know. Um, assists, which is going to be hard, all right? Six, five, three, three, two, two. <laughs> but that, I mean, admittedly, it's not up there, but, you so know. Wilf is up there. Wilf is in with two. And Josh is probably top. And just with five. So we've got one more with six. Who, who's been the provider, the main man for Crystal Palace season? Schlupp. Schlupp has got three. Luca. Luca's not in there. I'm struggling here. Jimmy Mack. Not in there. Oh, actually, sorry. No, with two. Yeah, he's the other one with two. Wilf and Jimmy Mack have got two. Schlappy's got three. Eze. Eze is the top with six. The other one is Jordan Ayew. Appearances this season. So, who's been the mainstay for Crystal Palace? 37, Check. 36, 34, 34, 33, Check 33. 37, right? Check is 36. Oh, oh, oh. Vince. Vince is 37. So, 36, 37 is Guaita and Check. What do you got? 34, 34, and 33, 33. Joe Ward? Not in there. Wolf? Not in there. Really? Yeah. I am struggling. Um, da, 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 da. To be fair, you wouldn't think about consistent starters when you think of this four. Go on, I'm done. Go on. Eze, Townsend, AU, and Reader World. In that order. So Eze with 34, Townsend with 34, AU with 33, Reader World with 33. It's a fair play to Eze, given what we said earlier about how he'd come into the team. Townsend, that, that feels like a high. Is that starts or is that who subs? Is this top Premier League appearances? That includes subs in? I assume so. Yeah, because I wouldn't have thought Townsend would be that high based on that. But if it includes, it includes sub appearances, it may be. But yep, yeah, okay. <laughs> Most shots, 71, 60, 37, 36, 26, 19. It doesn't help anything at all. Ben Teke. Tekers is top at 71. What was the next number, sorry, after 71? 60. Eze. Eze's with 37. Wilf. Wilf's with 60. 36, 26, 19. Are you? Ayu's with 26. Schlupp. Schlupp is in there. Andros Townsend with 36. Luka Milivojevic oh. with 19. There you go. Crystal Palace milestones. Jack Butland's first league debut was against. League Arsenal. debut. Arsenal. Aston Villa. Come on, bruv. You at the Arsenal game? I, I, I know I was struggling for what game he played Eze's debut was against this is terrible having having not having not been at the games it's a home game right I'm lost go on Southampton 
Was, that, was it home? It was at home. Yeah. 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 It's first, first game of the season, wasn't it? Southampton home. So, so that's how bad this season's been for me. Having not, having, we talked about not going. For me, not going means I don't remember. Jean-Philippe Mateta's debut was against... Leeds. Correct. Palace. I, I remember because he played the first half and huffed and puffed. But got bullied. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Palace scored five goals away for the first time against... West Brom. Correct. Fans were allowed back in Cedar Park for the first time against... Tottenham. Correct. Right. Stats. How many points for Crystal Palace this season? We said this earlier, mentioned this earlier in the pod. This is be a credit to your memory. 14th place, 44 points. 44 points is correct. <laughs> You're never going to get this. Goals scored. 67. 41. Oh, rubbish. Wins. 38 games. How many wins? 10. 12. Draws. I'll do the maths. <laughs> I can't do it. Go on, five. Eight. Oh. Penalties scored. This would be interesting. So I feel this season we haven't had as many as we normally do. I'm going to go with five penalties. Three. Oh. So actually less than I expected as well because I was quite surprised by that. Oh, Jesus. I don't know if I, I might cut this one. Yeah, passes. Yeah, let's not do that. Uh, top five tacklers. This, actually, this is quite interesting. Top five tacklers. Do 78. The, do, do the top two. Do the top two. I, Okay. So tacklers are going to go with Luca and they're going to check. Luca is 65. Check comes in at 58. The top tackler for Crystal Palace was in fact Andros Townsend at 78 this season. That, that gives a shout for my wing back situation there. You've also got Tyrick Mitchell at 64 and James McArthur at 57. They also said something for the work rate of Andros. Roy Hodgson. This is, this is the last. Total Palace games managed. Number of Palace games managed. What do you reckon? Over what? Four seasons or four and a bit seasons? Three and a half, three and a bit seasons. How many games do you think Roy Hodgson's been in charge of? I guess we're, we're including cup games here. 193. 162. First Palace game in charge. It was on Sky. Chelsea. Southampton. Southampton, no, because Chelsea was the first game we won. Last Palace game. Liverpool. Obviously. First permanent side. There's no way you're getting this. Roy Hodgson's first permanent side. Jaroslaw Jack. <laughs> Last permanent signing. Jordan I. Jack Button. Oh. So there we go. I think we might cut that. Signings full stop would be interesting. Yeah, there, there weren't many to be for. And there you go. That Palace have given us first team regular, rotation player, fringe player, on the bench or red card in terms of your rankings. I think we've got fringe player there, I think, to be fair. Uh, even though I did help Matthew out a bit. Terrible. But, you know, hopefully you guys have been able to play along. Uh, we might leave it on. Leave it in the podcast. So we hope you enjoyed that. There were some probably interesting stats for you there. Some bits that completely threw me. Some bits that I thought I knew and clearly didn't as well. Um, as always, it's been great to, to be with you tonight on the Six Pointer Podcast. Lovely to be with you in the social surroundings of a pub. Luke's <laughs> clearly enjoyed it. Um, thanks to everyone for, for listening. Thanks to everyone for supporting the pub. We really do appreciate it. Thank you to all the, for all the comments, uh, the feedback that we get. Um, whether it is uh, positive or otherwise, we do take it constructive. So please do keep it coming. Thank you very much to everyone that does get in touch. Um, don't forget at Six Pointer Podcast on Instagram and Twitter as always. And as always, in addition, up the palace. Up the palace, bro. But I'm going to interject there because there needs to be a little bit said here about SPL because we do, we do have, as you know, a lot of Danish listeners. Hello to our Danish friends, by the way. Um, we will be coming up with an SPL pod in uh, the coming weeks. And um, I, think I, to, I think I need to represent here the fact that I'm wearing a Nord vest 
West Curve Espia shirt here in uh, in uh, there's a pint of Guinness going everywhere here um, Jesus Christ you made a right mess there didn't you that's not how you, that's not how you pour a pint of Guinness this is very good. that's embarrassing this is very good. no we're not we're going to keep that in I think we're <laughs> I think, um, yeah, there will be an Espia-only pod coming up uh, for our Danish fans. And also we'll talk about the Super League and the fact that Bromby have scored their first title since 2005, I think, as well. Fair play to Bromby, and, and I think everyone at Espia is very pleased that it's not Midtjylland again. Um, we'll be one of those coming up in the, in the coming weeks. Um, so, obviously, I, I mentioned to the fact that Espia obviously have had a disappointing season, the fact that they finished third in, in, in the league where... Let's be honest, the, the remit, the, the, the basic um, uh, target there was promotion out of the season. And look, this, who knows what's going to happen next season. It's an exciting time for SBO. And we're, we're touching this in the next pod with Jan and Anders in terms of the new owners, um, the fact that they own other clubs and what we've seen them do at Barnsley and, and, and other French clubs as well in terms of uh, living beyond their means perhaps and, and using uh, the youth players to, the, to their advantage. And it's hope that we can see more of that in the future because um, well SBA fans we, we, we need a bit of positivity at the moment so let's, let's talk a bit more about that in the coming weeks and bruv thank you very much for your time here I've enjoyed it thoroughly I've enjoyed the Guinnesses I've enjoyed you throwing Guinness all over the table uh, thankfully it didn't make it to the iPhone um, but once more with Phoebe involved up the palace up the palace up the palace the six pointer podcast up the palace